Welcome to the Wisconsin Wrestler Podcast with your co-hosts Teague Benwick and Steve Lurkwood. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Wisconsin Wrestler Podcast. I'm your host, Teague Fenwick, coming to you from Holman. Joining me, as always, from Waterloo is my co-host, Steve Lurkwin. Steve, great to be here. Pumped to be here, man. It's team State Tournament time. It's uh, it's what makes the hangover of individual state being over a little bit more bearable, knowing that you have Team State coming up this week, Teague. Oh yeah, no team stay. I mean, the the last event of the year, Steve. You you got to get up for it. And uh, there's That's not right. many there's not many atmospheres like the Field House on Friday and Saturday. And yeah, if somebody's never been there, they got to check it out. It's uh, they got band, high school bands there, just jamming out, and it's uh, the atmosphere is is second to none. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Um, Steve, tonight for our Team State preview, for those of you that haven't listened or watched the show before, uh, we basically just run through not only uh, all the matchups we do, we do make some picks, but uh, also we run through, uh, hypothetically, what if a duel goes the other way, if we think it could go the other way strongly enough. Uh, so we talk a little bit about, we try to talk about every duel that could potentially happen. I think there was one year we almost missed one. It was the Holman Slinger year, Steve. I gave you crap for uh, picking Slinger, and uh, we talked about the duel, and uh, Slinger ended up winning. So glad nice. we glad we did talk about it. But yeah, Steve, this one, um, <laughs> it's uh, we were talking beforehand. I feel like I did a little less research on it than I did the first year. Where I go through and try to figure out everything that can happen because. A, the most unexpected things happen right. at Team State that can absolutely change things. Yep. And B, we're at the mercy of uh, not knowing lineups. Uh, obviously, we can try right. to pull what we can from track for the Team State and uh, Team Sectional lineups. But, you know, knowing the coaches, I mean, we've had a few of these coaches at Team State uh, on the show. We know how their brains work, Steve. There's a reason we're here doing the podcasting, right? Um, right. <laughs> These coaches are about uh, 15 steps ahead of us, to say the least. So <laughs> I know in previous right. years, we've gone really in depth on like potential moves that could be made or whatnot. We still do that a little bit this year, but uh, not as much because there, there's a chance it just all gets blown out of the water. All it takes is guys, one or two guys weighing in at different weights. So right. we, we have a little bit of fun with this one. I would say we definitely uh, don't make friends with this one. But you know that's the that's the fun of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not making friends because we pick against people. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although uh, it's hard. Last year, last year we picked a tough one that not a lot of people they thought we were crazy, and uh, we ended up being right. So that that built the confidence a little bit. Uh, which which one was that? I don't even remember. That was a Holman Marshfield after Marshfield beat them by like 25 points. Oh, sure. Earlier in the year and Holman did a little lineup change and whatnot. And we thought it would happen. A lot of people didn't and glad we were right. Otherwise we would have ate a lot of crow there, but that's, that's the fun <laughs> of it. I think the most fun part, Steve, we yeah. can agree on is watching these teams that duke it out. So yep. it's what, a lot you, of fun. what do you say enough of my rambling here? And we, uh, we, uh, we get into the team state action. So for individual state, we did start off uh, with the girls in D three, so uh, we're going to start off with Division One for this one. Going to run through the whole 
D1 bracket slash uh, potential bracket. Um, so starting off here, number one is seeded Kakana versus at number eight seed of Waukesha West. And it seems like we're telling the same tale every year uh, with Kakana being the one seed. But now you got the stats on Waukesha West team state appearances, Steve. Uh, just coming in and going against Kakana. It's kind of like that one eight matchup that we see every year. Waukesha West, they could maybe have a couple of fun matches, uh, could get a couple wins out of it even, but it's one of those where, honestly, like, if you see them, if Kakana wrestles all their guys, if Waukesha West gets to double digits, like 15, 18 points, and you got to call it a good duel for them. And that's just the, I think that's more about the state of Kakana's program than anything. Um, I got the dual score uh, projected at about 47 to 6, being a little light on bonus points. Could see a couple of fun matches. I know uh, Crook did place at State, Kowakinen didn't, but Xander Kowakinen, Liam Crook potentially at 160 pounds. You know, that could be a match. We see some fun action. I see Waukesha West uh, picking up uh, maybe a win or two in the lower weights and maybe a win in the upper weights as well. But, yeah, that's the analysis I have on that one. Yeah, what I'm looking for, I mean, I – I think your analysis is pretty spot on. But what I'm looking for from Waukesha West is exactly what we saw last year, Teague, with Franklin. You know, I think Franklin, what impressed me most about them is that their their backs were against the wall, you know, behind the eight ball, so to speak. Use whatever phrase you want, you know, out the creek with all the paddle, whatever whatever it is. But Franklin impressed me because their guys were there to wrestle. They they got after it. And uh, that, that's that's it, right? That shows character by being a team that's down and and uh, not laying down for anybody. But uh um, yeah, you know, like I said, that's what we're hoping to see out of Waukesha West first trip since 1997. And that's the building block team. We talked about the, uh, the Waukesha, uh, triumvirate, right. That whole area and how they're, they're growing together. This is just a, this is a spring springboard for them. They haven't been there in over 20 years, 25, uh, to be exact. Right. And they're, uh, um, you know, I, I would look at this as being, Hey, we're down here for experience. We're going to go give them heck and right. I mean, there's, there's always a chance, you know, there's, there's always a chance, you know, good things start happening. You get a little momentum on your side. Um, but like I said, with, with Waukesha West, that's what we're looking for. Uh, you know, just tail the tape, so to speak, Teague, Waukesha West, second team trip. They've had five state qualifiers this year. Uh, and I did see that Waukesha West and Kakana down at state had no head to head matchups as far as, uh, you know, guys going against each other. But Teague, listen to this tail of the tape with Kakana. 23 individual state champs, 21 trips to team state. Of that, when they went, they had six championships and four runner-ups. Uh, and this this year at state, they had nine qualifiers. And a stat I found on their qualifiers, Teague, obviously they had uh, two state champs, but uh, they had five medalists. And on the weekend, they went 21-11. and 11. They won 21 matches and lost 11. That's a pretty good uh, trip down to the Cole Center. Yeah, I would say so. Also, speaking of that, I uh, did get to talk to the Waukesha West coach this week, and they uh, they recognize that the whole Waukesha area is getting tougher with the sport. I think kind of like Brookfield East we saw a couple years ago, you make a couple trips, you build a good core, and you just keep improving on the experience. So that's what we got for Kakana and Waukesha West. Next up, we got a uh, fourth-seeded Muskego taking on fifth-seed at Germantown. And, uh, Steve, I know Nate and Jake talked about it earlier, so, uh, we won't get too much in on it, but, uh, with, uh, Talon Shooty being out for Germantown, I think it makes, uh, this one definitely a little more interesting than folks uh, thought it was going to be. I 
Muskego, I think even more so than the team they brought to state last year. They're they're a pretty well-rounded team. It's hard to find uh, pretty big holes in their lineup. And I could see this being a pretty low-scoring duel. I have it uh, 27-21 at Germantown. The one thing uh, Germantown has that they have the same setup going is uh, they can kind of switch between uh, Jacob Mopper and Ethan Riddle at 170 and 182. So I think for that one, I have Momper at 170, Riddle at 182 to try and maximize points there. And I have it Germantown by six, but that's with Muskego getting six wins. I think there's a couple spots where maybe Muskego does pick up another win. I don't know if Muskego uses the move, but they have Mason Drought as a backup. Uh, Well, they use them as a backup, like in some of their lineups. So we'll one, I'll wonder if he gets to utilize, but I think the name of the game for Muskego, if they do want to beat Germantown is to get bonus points. And I think uh, just given uh, when you're looking at things, I think you go light on bonus points because you don't know when a pin's going to come or a major is going to happen out of nowhere. But right. if Muskego can rack up bonus points, they can beat Germantown. But I still think even without shooty Germantown, definitely uh, they have the weapons and just the overall team depth to take out Muskego. Agree, Teague, but it's um, it's all in that one match, right? That one match that doesn't go the way you expect it, and then everything's, everything goes into chaos. Uh, tail the tape with these two teams, Germantown. This is their first – Teague, I didn't – first trip to Team State. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but, it's uh, – <laughs> Oh, sorry. oh, go ahead. I was, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say a, a lot of new. Te- I think there's a few new teams. First trip to team state this year, as you'll get into. And also, right. Steve, I saw on the forum, uh, 10 of the 16 qualifiers this year weren't at team state last year. So yes. that's uh, for folks that are newer to wrestling. If you see a lot of fresh faces, that is why. I love it. I love it. But uh, first trip, six state qualifiers this past year. They had they had four medals, medalists and talking about their trip to Individual state, they were 14 and 10 on the weekend. Uh, no head-to-head matchups with Muskego, but uh, this is Muskego's 11th trip to team state. There were champs back in 1994. And T, say what you want, and and uh, you can talk about performance down at uh, at state, which Muskego wasn't necessarily what they want, but you still had 10 state qualifiers. And when you have 10 state qualifiers, that gives you a solid, solid team to to, to work with. So I, I look at this being a pretty darn close duel and an exciting one in that, in that first round and uh, T and people can chat in. Maybe, uh, maybe they'll, they'll figure it or maybe they'll be able to uh, uh, chime in on their picks. If T pauses just a little bit, Germantown and Muskego, two pretty historical programs, right? Who has the most individual state champs, Germantown or Muskego? I want Muskego went on a pretty big run at some point. Uh, and I know they had a couple state champs when I started viewing wrestling, so I might have that bias, but okay. Germantown, I guess also does have uh four from Thilke, but I'm still going to yep. ride with Muskego on that one. Yeah. Good call. I, I went with this trivia because I thought you were going to bite on the Thilke that he was going to sway you over there. Yeah. But uh, six to six to 10 as far as state champs. So, this is going to be an exciting one. Matt Verbaten makes a prediction. He's saying Germantown 34-24. Teague, speaking of a, a guy at Team State who has done some crazy flip-flopping and moving uh, state champs up two different weight classes, Matt Verbaten from Wrightstown is 
is listening into the show. So thanks, Matt, for your comments. Yeah, if anyone knows about that conversation, it's uh, it's definitely Matt. He would be one if Wrightstown makes it a team state. I don't even know if I uh, take a chance on predicting where the Wrightstown kids go. <laughs> Matt, well, thank you for uh, tuning in, man. I uh, Speaking of that real quick, I saw a guy that I thought was Matt, and I was like, Matt, what's up? And this was at the Cole Center, and I was, and right away I saw the look on his face. I'm like, never mind, you're not Matt. And you're he, not Matt. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, thought you were Matt Verbate. And he's like, you know, I've been called a lot worse. So <laughs> that was <laughs> oh. that was a funny moment there. But all right, Steve, moving on to the three versus six, Marshfield uh, versus McGuanico, and. Yes. Marshfield, a great dual team. Uh, they're they're just built for duels. They've really built themselves to be good in this format the last couple of years. But even on the flip side, Steve, we've always viewed McGuanago as a good dual team. It seems like they almost do nothing but dual tournaments throughout the year. Their coach uh, yep. gets them ready for this moment. So you have two teams that are are well built for these situations. And when I did a first run through, I had um. 29-29, actually, for Marshfield and McGuanago. But I did have McGuanago uh, taking eight matches out of 14. I do think there's a couple of a couple of places where if I maybe did a little more research, uh, Marshfield has a couple of guys that could grab a win, uh, whether it be at, like, uh, maybe even, like, 20 or 26. It'd be tougher at 20 if it was uh, Ledin versus Whipple. But uh, Jace Kallenhofer and Alex Needham at 26 – Steve, we love our unsung heroes. You know, two guys with about 500 yep. records going at it. That's going to be a big swing match in this one. I'm kind of looking at Marshfield. Uh, between 38 and 70, they got to pick up a lot of bonus points. But that's what that part of their lineup is built for. And then I think if Marshfield can steal a win elsewhere, then this duel is there. So I know I had a tie duel. Like I said, my spreadsheets, more of a more or less a basis. And then I go with my pick off of that one. So I would give the edge to Marshfield in this one, but I think uh, coach Cody C knows that they, uh, you know, they can't fall asleep at the wheel in the first round. Oh, also I think uh, for McGuanico right too, I have a uh, Nick Needham inserted into their lineup at uh it would be either six or 13. Cause they have a uh, cat's fee and Nick Needham who both weighed in at one Oh six throughout the year. We could maybe see Josie Sikowski in the lineup as well. Uh, I don't know, yep. like maybe if there's a Stakowski and then Whipple bumps or something along those lines. But yeah, McGuanago can do some things in the lower weights to bump around to give them ideal matchups. But ultimately, see, I do think this one comes down to just you know who can wrestle better. Absolutely, and, and for this particular one, I hope the draw is at 106 pounds because I think. Uh, Adrian Kruger and Grant Stromberg are going to be a one heck of a duel. I know you gave the nod to Grant Stromberg, but Teague, wouldn't it be awesome, you know, with the packed place and it comes down to heavyweight in the match, uh, whoever wins wins it between those two, it, they advance to the semifinals. I think that would be awesome. The place would be electric. But a uh, uh, little tail of tape between these two different teams. Marshfield, uh, 12 individual champs. This is their seventh trip to Team State. They made the semis four times, including last year. Eight state qualifiers this year, five medalists, Teague. Pretty good uh, um, result for them down at state because they went 17 and 11 on the weekend. McGuanago has nine individual state champs. This is their 11th trip to team state. They were runner-ups 2019 and 20. They had four state qualifiers this past weekend with, with two medalists. 
All right, the next duel we have is uh, Bayport versus Reedsburg. Last duel for oh, a round. Sorry. Teague, uh, give a little prediction. Matt agrees with you. He said Marshfield 31, Matt Verbaten 31, McGuanago 28. Matt, we're going to write these down and uh, keep in receipts. Last duel that we have in the first round of D1 is uh, Bayport versus Reedsburg. And uh, Steve, this is, uh, I would say, in recent history, I know Steve started in 2018. This this does have the potential, I think, to be uh, the best 2-7 duel that we've seen. And on the flip side, Bayport does have a really good team. So uh, Bayport's still going to have to wrestle well if they want to win this one. I do have the I do have it 8-6 uh, to six in favor of Bayport for matches, and... Right now, I have the score 34 to 19 in favor of Bayport. The one thing on paper, it looks like, and you might, I know you looked at the individual matches a little more at state. Um, Reedsburg's good in the lower weight. I mean, they're pretty good all yep. around, I would say. Um, uh, Bayport's really good in the lower weight. So right. if, if you see Bayport get a lot of wind from 106 through 152, also, we're doing all this based off of. We don't know the coin flip. Uh, we don't know where the duel starts at. That changes things. But we just run it hypothetically as if it starts at 106. Uh, I have Reedsburg going on a little run in the upper weight where they would need to find a way to get bonus points. And then uh, I have Bayport maybe picking up some bonus points where the Reedsburg guys, I mean, they're tough wrestlers. If they can stave off bonus points, they can make this a duel going into the upper weight, Steve. It's uh. It could be a tough play. Reedsburg could make this a tough duel, but like I said, with the 15 point difference, I do think Reedsburg a needs to steal a couple of matches, B stave off bonus points. And you're, you're, you're just asking a lot against a good Bayport team. That's, that's what I got. I do think, um, Landon Heim versus a trainer curtain at one Oh six. That could very well uh, go curtains way. That can make the duel Correct. closer with what I have. And I don't know if that was a matchup that happened at state, but yeah, the lower Dig, weight, uh, Steve is, yeah. I think the lower weights is basically going to tell the tale of this duel. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at the scoring you have, and there easily could be some switches and that's what, or flips. And that what, that's what makes it interesting to answer your question. Teague, there were no head to head matchups, not a lot of head. In fact, I think out of all the teams that are going first round, there were no head to head. There were not, there were no head to head matchups at state. So, uh, Teague agrees with you. I'm sorry, Matt agrees with you. He says 37-17, but let's talk about the tail of the tape. These are two, um, as you as you study these these squads, Bayport and Reedsburg, both of them have kind of historical programs, right? Uh, Reedsburg, not as much on the team side, but always a strong team. This is Reedsburg's first trip to team state, but they have 15 individual state champions. Uh, this past year, they had six state qualifiers with two medals. Bayport... Uh, one of those programs up in the northeast part of the state. It just uh, I've always battled up in there, obviously with with Pulaski and Kakana, and uh, you know a lot better team that um, as far as trips to state, but they they haven't had as many. But you know, like look who they've been behind over the past few years. Uh, this is their third trip. They were runner up in 2014. They lost in the finals to Kakana. They have 17 individual champs. This past year, they had five state qualifiers and two medals. Uh, one finalist. Steve, the one thing I love uh, when you talk about upset wins, uh, whether it be teams or individuals, you always got to add in like for folks uh, outside of this area. And I think if Reedsburg wins, 
I think it's an upset for folks outside of Reedsburg because the Beavers are going in. They're feeling confident in this one. Right. I know that. Yeah, they knocked sure. off knocked off Stoughton this year at the in sectionals. All right, moving on to uh, the second round. So I did look at Kakana versus Muskego and Kakana versus Germantown. And I think this is where you really start to see the strength of uh, Kakana's lineup as I have uh, for Kakana versus Muskego. It would be, uh, I had a 42 to 17 and Kakana picks up wins from a 26 all the way to 82. And yeah, again, what, what else is there to say about Kakana? Muskego could pick up some uh, potential bonus points, maybe at the upper weights. Uh, but those are also matches Kakana could win as well. Um, just going to be, a, yeah, <laughs> Kakana is just a really good team. Um, for the <laughs> pick that we made, uh, Kakana versus Germantown, uh, I do have it as a 43 to 13. I think on this one, uh, I must have put Ethan Riddle at 170 and Jacob Momper at 182. Could see a couple of fun matches in the lower weights at 106 and 113, even uh, at 120 as well. That could maybe be a match that swings Germantown's way. Steve, if Germantown can get this to where it's a 15, 20 point duel, that's that's something they can go into next year uh, feeling pretty confident in with their program. Agreed, 100%. Also, Steve, it's cool uh, having Germantown up. If they do make the semifinals, I know their coach was confident. After we did Ultimate Team, say he's like, hey, thanks for the recognition. We think we can be a top eight team in the state next year. This would uh, put them in that top four category. So that'd be, uh, right. I mean, just good things for the Germantown program right now. All right, our other uh, semifinal. Uh, this one, have uh, Bayport. Uh, looking at Bayport McGuanago first, the one that we didn't pick. Again, McGuanago, a team that's built to survive in duels. Um, I have this one a little lower scoring. I have it 33 to 15. And I just think the thing here uh, with McGuanago is uh, just finding the seven wins is going to be the tougher part for them. They can be fine with bonus points, but you got to find a way to get to seven. I think right now I have it at uh, 10 to four. They could potentially steal a win in the lower weights. I, uh, the guys are talented enough, I'd say. When you talk about Bayport's lower weights, the guys that they're going against are good. But uh, you also mm-hmm. don't just, when you're making picks, you don't bet against Bayport's lower weights uh, that easy. So you could maybe see right. a swing match or two there. That goes McGuanago's way. 285 could maybe be a fun one. I don't know if this one happened at State, Steve, but uh, Campbell and Stromberg. I mean, if the duel ended there, That'd be a fun way to end the duel, but uh, McGuanago, they just, they got to find a way to get to seven and it's, it's tough against this Bayport lineup. I do think Bayport just matches up well with them too. And then with uh, <laughs> Bayport and Marshfield, this one, I think Steve Marshfield might match up better against Bayport than McGuanago than when I, uh, when I went through this duel. So Assuming so, this is if Marshfield won the toss. I did have Marshfield bumping up uh, Blaskowski at forty-five. Could he maybe beat B- Jacob Ward? Yeah, but I don't think uh, if you're the Marshfield coaches, you risk one of your studs getting a loss in this right. setting. So I think they bump uh, Blaskowski through with Seidel up to wrestle a uh, fifty-two through at ninety-five. And then they grab wins there. A big Marshfield winning streak from a 52 through heavyweight 
would be what kind of puts this duel away. And then for Bayport, uh, it would be a matter of, so I have eight to six here in matches. For Bayport, it would be a matter of, A, if they could get to seven wins, great, but then uh, beating Marshfield in the bonus point battle has uh, always been easier said than done. Right. So I'm giving a, a, a slight edge to Marshfield in this one, but again, they, they have to come out and wrestle well. Yeah, interesting. Matt, for the first time today, disagrees with you. We know how good Matt is with making picks, but uh, Matt says Bayport 33, Marshfield 30, and I think what's going to be a fantastic duel. Oh, Matt. Well, hey, Matt, we're going to be talking about this one next. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you have Bayport winning. C- well, good thing we are talking about both duels here. I don't know if you ran the numbers on this one. I looked a little more closely at Kakana and Marshfield, but with uh, Kakana and Bayport, I think with uh, being a little generous to Bayport, I do have Kakana 31 and Bayport uh, 21, and it just sounds like a broken record with Kakana. I have them winning every match but one at 126 through uh, 182. So there's their seven right there, and then they just need to find a way to win <laughs> one more. Uh, Bayport, if they could find a way to maybe rack up bonus points at 106 through 120, they could they could maybe make it a duel, keep things exciting with Kakana. But, uh, yeah, this one's just tough. What makes it really tough, too, is if Jacob Ward matches up on Connor Smith, Steve, which we could even see a bump there, um, then it, it's not even like a guaranteed pin, which in a dual setting, you're expecting Ward to get bonus points in some form most of the time. One thing Kakana yep. has in their back pocket, too, they have Brady Sprangers, who was a backup. He wrestled some varsity tournaments. I think he won a varsity tournament or two. His record on track is 13-1. and one. He's not even in their starting lineup, so we could see a bump <laughs> there, whether it be bumping Smith up or bumping Lee up, doing something, and I think Sam Weber would leave the lineup in that situation. But, yeah, I have Kakana beating Bayport off the strength again of the middleweights. Kakana versus uh, Marshfield, I have uh, 33 to 22. And this one's just tough for Marshfield because Kakana has Grayson Clark at 38. And I think uh, they probably uh, keep him there in some way, shape, or form. Because then uh, Marshfield, uh, if they bump Brett Franklin up, if they make a big bump up from 38, then you're bumping Owen Griesbach from uh, Judah Hammond, who he lost to at state. To Drew and yep. Zicky. So maybe maybe they're expecting <laughs> to pick up a win from Mason Seidel at 195. Um, I didn't look at the numbers on how that duel would potentially look if that happened. But you're, Grayson Clark in that spot against Marshfield just kind of leaves them between uh, a rock and a hard place. And then, uh, again, for Marshfield to pick up the bonus points. I mean, when it comes to matchups, Kakana is just kind of a matchup nightmare against anybody. Is there a path yep. to victory for Marshfield? Yeah, but uh, you got to have people step up. And uh, I don't think it's a matter of getting bonus points necessarily. It's more like to stave off bonus points to be the tougher battle. And Kakana also has that same lineup where they have guys that know how to get bonus points. So what are your, yeah. what are your thoughts on those two duels, Steve? Well, I'll just, Matt has uh, Kakana 41, Bayport 20, and if uh, Kakana goes against Marshfield, he's got 44-18. I didn't make a prediction as far as score. I'm just going to, Teague, I apologize. I'm going to bring back a little bit of painful memories to you, but 
Uh, we sat next to each other. Kakana and Holman wrestled each other at that time. It was, the duel was kind of back and forth. And here's what I remember watching those Kakana guys. The their lesser guys, which this year they have don't have a lot of them, but their lesser guys just know how to wrestle in match situations, right? They know how to keep the score close. And and uh, a couple of times they got upset victories over over Holman, and that propelled them to the state championship along with their studs. And I tell you what. Those those lesser guys at that time got better this year, so there's you know they don't they don't have many holes. But I just think Kakana um, has been in this situation so many times that they've drilled in their head. Their guys know what they need to do in every every situation, and uh, you throw that in with their studs. It's um, yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right, Matt. It's it's uh, they wrestle very well as a team, and that's what impresses me. That's what impressed me about them last year, and I think they're only going to take that to a new level this year. So Steve, I don't. Any way you look at it, Teague is uh, Kakana's coming out of this one. A fun, a fun fact to note though: if Kakana Marshfield didn't have any bumps, I think it would be four individual state rematches that we would see. Uh, uh, Thirty-eight was in the semis between Franklin and Clark. Forty-five, Blaskowski was losing to Smith before he pinned him. Uh, 70 uh, Hammond and Griesbach wrestled. I believe it was in the quarters and then 60 was also that quarters matchup that went to the tiebreaker periods between uh William white and crook. So not something nice. you see often <laughs> where, where there's four matches that happened the week before there is state rematches and duels, but to that extent is pretty crazy. Yeah. I'd like to see that William white crook, crook match again. That, that was, that was intense. I was just zeroed in on that one. Before we move on to the next part of our show, just a few quick words from our sponsors. First, we have the WWF State Camp brought to you by Beast Cage. The state tournament is nearly upon us. Join the Beast Cage staff for our second annual WWF Youth State Prep Camp. No one knows how to prepare for the postseason like the 10-time national champion Dennis Hall. Athlete training will consist of situational wrestling from multiple common trouble spots for youth athletes, followed by live goes from all positions. Multi-athlete families save $10 on each additional athlete after the first full price entry. Sign up on Track Wrestling or text or email Brian Bach with the contact information below. Payments accepted at the door on Track Wrestling or PayPal and Venmo. Our location is 3039 State Highway at 73 at Wisconsin Rapids 54495. For additional information, text or call 715-459-4090 or email obsessedwrestler36 at gmail.com. The camp did fill up quickly last year, so don't miss out on this great opportunity to prepare your child for the youth state tournament. Next up is Sports World. Sports World specializes in apparel and custom sublimation on quarter zips, warm-ups, and singlets. And that's not all. Sports World can help you with all your equipment needs. Headgear, knee pads, backpacks, mat tape, mat cleaner, mops, scorebooks, and wrestling mats. Along with equipment, Sports World is now offering low minimums on customized championship singlets and can also help you with your conference and state shirts with extremely low turnaround time. We are a month away from the postseason, so be sure to check out Sports World for those needs. Travis Korth, Eric Rukoff, and Mark Farrell are your go-to guys when it comes to apparel. So check out the website link in our podcast description. Give them a call or email Travis at sportsworld1.com to get started today. 
And last, we have Fun Company Game Room Store. Located in downtown New Lisbon, Fun Company Game Room Store has everything you need to spruce up your home. They have pool tables, dartboards, and arcade games, perfect for a basement or a bar, along with all the accessories from dart tips to pool sticks. As for outdoor fun, they have a variety of hot tubs and Traeger grills to keep you warm this winter. Also sold are meat church and Traeger rubs, spices, sauces, and pellets. So head over to funcompanygameroomstore.com. If you let them know that we sent you, you do get a free accessory with your first purchase. That's funcompanygameroomstore.com. The Fun Company Game Room Store is your one-stop shop for it all. And now, back to the show. All right, next, uh, going on to a Division of Two here, Steve. We have uh, Luxembourg Casco, the team state finalist from last year, taking on Evansville, who just mid- missed out on team state last year, uh, making it this year. And um, it's one, uh, this the Luxembourg team this year is just uh, crazy. <laughs> um, when I started going through the duels, it really hits you how good this team is. And yeah. I do have Marshfield, Steve, uh, or not Marsh, Luxembourg uh, winning 10 out of 14 <clears throat> with this matchup. That's well with Owen Heiser in the lineup as well. So I have the Heiser brothers winning and then Evansville picking up a couple wins at 220 and heavyweight. But Luxembourg just has a lineup where it's uh it's a uh, kind of tough to find uh, where where teams could steal wins against them. And I did I say the score already? <laughs> you no, you, I was waiting for it. Oh, sorry, Prediction. I had a 40, 40 to seventeen, and maybe Evansville could get to that twenty point mark too if they can get some more bonus points. Yeah, I was I was stalling quick. I wanted to see Evansville's lineup just to kind of see what they're what they're losing this year. Let me pop it up quick, Teague. Well, hey, how about, uh, how about a potential uh, state finals rematch at 32 if it comes to fruition? Yeah, if everything. Uh, that's that's the only thing I have as far as uh, guys that met each other at state. But uh, overall, Evansville, pretty young. And that's, uh, let's see, wow, they're losing five starters. But I know they got, I keep talking about that middle school program they have. They have a great feeder program. Uh, Evansville's history, let's run the tail of the tape here. Six state champs. This is their first trip to team state. Since 2014, that was their first one. They lost to Ellsworth, as many people did at that time. Four state qualifiers this year, two two medalists. The only head-to-head matchup, as you said, Heiser beat Warachek at the finals at 132 pounds, 3-1. to one. And Teague, Luxembourg-Casco, let me start giving you their numbers as far as school history. It's crazy. 44 state champs in school history, 19 trips to team state. And, and I didn't run the numbers, but I think – Luxembourg Casco has the best winning percentage of a team other than a team that maybe went one time and, you know, went two and oh or something like that. I didn't look at all that, but for a team that's been there that many times, they got to have the best, best or, or maybe 10 or over or five over the best winning percentage. Look at this team, uh, Teague, 19 trips to team state, 12 championships and four runner ups. Only two times they did not come home with hardware. That was 08. They lost to Ellsworth by five. And then in 04, they lost to Lodi. And this past year, eight state qualifiers, of their eight state qualifiers, seven of them placed, and they went 17 and 13 on the weekend. They're, they're, this is just a, a – we talked about them last year, you know, when they lost in the semis. They're just going to be a team on the mission, and uh, I, your prediction is right on uh, as far as 40 to 17. All right, Steve, next up here we have uh, – also, there's a little uh, lineup bump Luxembourg can do that. I think they might have did a team sectionals, but I forgot to look at it. But we'll talk about that in the finals. Um, 
Next up, we got uh, Baldwin Woodville versus Prairie Duchene. Uh, PDC, who made the state last year, is the two seed. Baldwin Woodville is the three seed. I just got to say, and I'm sure you'll touch on it. Uh, just happy Baldwin Woodville uh, that they broke through and made it to team state. They've had a couple really good teams the last few years, Steve. And now they finally broke through. And I think they have a good youth program. So I think they're going to be a threat for a while. For now, we'll enjoy the moment here at team state. Um, this Baldwin Prairie Duchene duel it's going to be one of those duels that has a lot of good matchups. I think uh, if they start in the lower weight, Baldwin could keep a lead and hold on to it for a little bit. Some fun matches right away. I mean, 126, even just looking at it record-wise, Cole Brosh and Drake Ingham. 132, Tyler Fink and Ryder Koenig. I know Fink was a state qualifier, but uh, you can't count out Ryder Koenig from matches necessarily. And then um, at 145, Austin Schmidt and Drew Hurd could be another solid matchup. I do have Baldwin taking two out of three there. But then, Steven, the upper weight, I just think uh, this is a poor matchup for Baldwin-Woodville. And that uh, Prairie Duchene, I have them winning from 152 through 220. Even with Baldwin uh, getting a pin at heavyweight, potentially. I have the score of uh, Prairie Duchene 34, Baldwin at 22. And... Yeah, I, I do think even if it's a 12-point duel, it could be a good duel depending on what spot it starts at. Yeah, T, these are two programs. It, it's kind of funny to think about that Prairie du Chien, um, I They've been good recently. It just feels like they've been good for so long. But historically speaking, it's it's two teams that, that uh, one's kind of had a flash lately, the other one early on. But uh, Baldwin-Woodville, 13 state champs. This is their sixth trip to team state, Teague, and they're, they're, uh, the last, wait, that can't be right. The last was in 1996. You want to look that up for me, Teague? I might be wrong on that, but they have What's one up? championship. Uh, when's the last time that Baldwin-Woodville qualified for team state? Do you have that up there? Um, I could find it. Give me, or like, wait. stall for 30 no, I got 45 it. seconds. No, Teague, you don't have to. I have it up here right now. <laughs> nope, never mind. I don't. Go ahead. You're going to have to solve. But what I'm saying is, is that, Baldwin Woodville, uh, they've they haven't been to Team State for a while, but let's let's figure out who they've been behind. They've been behind Ellsworth forever, and then most recently behind Amory. It's not that they're a bad program; they've just been stuck behind some pretty pretty solid uh, solid teams. But Prairie du Chien, this is their fourth in a row. They they I remember talking about them recently. We were all excited because them and Keel, they were first time state Team State qualifiers, but they've been there now four in a row. Uh, they have six state champs in school history, obviously four of them coming from a four-time champ, but uh, seven qualifiers this past weekend with five medalists. So I, I just I like the um, the comparison of the teams, right? We have a team that last four years has gone to Team State, another one that hasn't been there for, for quite a few years, and uh, I think this is going to be a, a fantastic matchup. All right, moving on. Yeah, it was 1996, by the way. I saw they won a state title in 93, too. Yep, yep, two runner-up. Uh, finishes as well. Uh, Matt Verbaten has it picked. Per Duchene, 36, BW, 24. And then, uh, Steve, that brings us to the final. Two teams that uh, just missed out on uh, potentially taking out Amory last year. They both, uh, I think Prairie Duchene ended up losing by four. I know they had a forfeit in the last weight that they got, but uh, Luxembourg lost by six, I believe. And yeah, I think talking to both coaches after we had uh, Coach Chaz Tremel on, 
Both teams, I think they felt they had a chip on their shoulder after that one. Mike Rogie said, hey, you better not be picking against us in any form next year. <laughs> and this was kind of the battle um, that I think folks were talking about all year. Obviously, Luxembourg and Freedom, that was the team sectional matchup. When you look at the team state, what it could have been, uh, Luxembourg and Prairie du Chien, it just seemed like it was a collision waiting to happen. I should have looked at uh, by-state results and seen uh, what Prairie du Chien-Luxembourg oh. matchups happened there. But Steve, just running down this duel. So I do have potentially um, Luxembourg uh, right now with what I have on my spreadsheet. I have Luxembourg winning seven. Prairie du Chien winning seven. That's if Prairie du Chien can get wins at uh, 220 and heavyweight, uh, which could be potential uh, swing matches there. So Prairie du Chien definitely needs to win those two matches. Uh, one thing uh, both teams have in their back pocket for Prairie du Chien, they do have Maddox Shaka, who who uh, is on the roster. I don't know if he's wrestling for sure because he was injured at the start of the year. But a uh, state place winner last year, if he wrestles, um, maybe we see Prairie du Chien go big and uh, bump Lenzendorf up and try to get a win against Way and then try to get more for sure wins at 220 and heavyweight. But what Luxembourg has, and uh, some I know Matt's on, he could tell me if this is what happened with Freedom because I know they did a bump. You talked about this on an earlier show this year. Carson Blahoyak, who uh, uh, he's their backup at 106, a very good 106 pounder. Uh, yep. uh, they could put him in there, whether it be 106 or 113. I'm guessing probably 113 because Prairie Duchene has had a hole there most of the year. And. They could bump everyone in their lineup up. I think I had them bumping up through a 152 to where Ronsman wrestles 52. And the mismatch in the lower weights, and uh, especially the fact that uh, Prairie Duchesne, I mean, you can't guarantee Rhett Kane getting bonus points against uh, against an Easton Warachek or a Caleb Delabrew, whoever he wrestles. He only beat Delabrew 5-3. to three. Um. I think this is Luxembourg's duel to lose coming in. There could be a couple things. I think Prairie du Chien needs a couple things to go their way if they want to win this one. So with giving Luxembourg the edge on paper, I have it a uh, 28 to 20. So a pretty low scoring one. I guess uh, Luxembourg is my pick for division two. Teague, I, when we did our sectional preview, as I called my shot at that moment, I did I officially call it? I don't remember. I think I said nobody's stopping Prairie du Chien, but then uh, the old injury bug hit, which it hits most teams. And so uh, I, I, I agree with your pick. I'm I'm looking forward to this one. I know you and I are going to be calling the action. I'm looking forward to calling this one. Uh, but I think it's going to be a, a great chess match. And Teague, I, I'm only halfway through a buy state, but I did find out that Isam Waracek and um, let's see, Rhett, Rhett Koenig, did wrestle Easton Warcheck there. That was 138 pounds. And uh, Rhett Koenig won 4-2. to two. That's the only head-to-head matchup I've seen so far to this point between Prairie du Chien and Luxembourg. Um, Matt also brought up that uh, that Barbo was uh, all-conference at 120. Is that Reese Barbo or Barbu? Sorry, Northeastern Wisconsin wrestling folks. But... Yeah, I guess I can check their lineup real quick because they had their lineup in now on track. But that just goes to speak yeah, of the Spartans' depth. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, while you look at that, I'll, uh, a couple of people put their predictions on. Matt said yes. Uh, Matt said Luxembourg 33, PDC 27. 
Uh, Jeff Capianos, Capianos, Jeff, sorry, I apologize. Capinos. Um, is that what it is? Oh, oh, is that a no? Well, my eyes, man, I got to get glasses. But he's, we'll just go with Jeff. Jeff says 31 to 30, LC. Oh, that would, that would be a fun one to see come to fruition. Uh, I think the big story of that one, Steve, is Luxembourg's going to get a lot of wins in the lower weights, maybe with bonus points. And then where Prairie Duchene is used to getting bonus points in the upper weights, uh, Luxembourg could maybe either steal a win or they just won't give up as many. So that's uh, it's a little bit of a matchup thing, but Luxembourg again, just kind of a hard team to have a good matchup against. So right. That's what we have for Division 2. Moving on to Division 3, Steve. A tale as old as time. Fenimore, and yes. not even as old as time, but in recent history. Um, right. Fenimore versus Stratford wrestled each other four times in a row from 2016 to 2019 in the finals. They each won two championships. I think in 2020, Steve, um, they wrestled in the first round, and Fenimore won a barn burner there, and that led to, uh, I think, a Fenimore-Coleman matchup in the finals. I think that might have been, like, one of the tiebreaker years or something, but, yeah. I mean, they've wrestled each other five times at Team State since 2016, so they wow. come back. The teams are looking a little different this year as... Uh, Fenimore, I can't even say they're at the peak of their powers. Who knows what this team's going to be bringing into the future. But, yeah, I have Fenimore winning 10 out of 14 with this one. With Stratford getting their wins even, Steve, I uh, I didn't credit them with any bonus points. So, Stratford, I think even if they can get the bonus points, it's just where do you, where do you find uh, the chances where they can potentially – get wins against this Fenimore lineup, I think is the tougher question for them. So I, have I, I loved a, your line Teague. What's oh, up? Go ahead. No, I just loved your line. To, uh, uh, how did you start that off? A tale as old as time. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was nice. Nice job. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought about, it, I'm like, well, I guess it's been like six years. So maybe not, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, go ahead. I, I interrupt. What's your, what's your score? So I have Fenimore 39, Stratford 12, but I think that's leaving uh, plenty of bonus points off. The, I left a lot of bonus points off the table with Fenimore. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's my analysis for this duel. Fenimore's good, and I wanted a quick look to see how many seniors Fenimore had because I think they're going to be good for a long time. But the the stealthy Chad Stelt uh, has yet to put his lineup on on track wrestling, so I can't even check that out. But uh, I'll go ahead and give my tail the tape, Teague. Uh, Fenimore has had now with their three this year, 10 individual champs, as opposed to Stratford's 28, uh, eight trips to team state, three championships, three runner-ups this past year. You talk about a, a team that really performed at state, eight state qualifiers, six medalists, three champs. They went 20 and seven on the weekend. Tegan, they did have uh, two head to head matchups, uh, at 145 and 182 with Stratford. And Stratford, we talked about, you know, an elite program, right? How many state individual state champs? They're one of those teams that are about ready to add, uh, go to a, uh, where not many teams are, and that's have, have 30 individual state titles and right now sitting at 28. But they've been to team state 10 times, two championships, five runner-ups, had six state qualifiers this past weekend uh, with three medalists. Teague, and I'll just say this right now, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Fenimore uh, is one of – top three teams in the state regardless of division and that still holds true i think uh 
they're they're a nightmare for whoever they wrestle, regardless of division. Steve, Matt just said uh, in the middle of my rambling, just say Fenimore. Uh, <laughs> you know, Matt, that's uh, that's a fair point. I want you want to give every duel the same amount of respect in terms of breaking it down, but that's that that did give me a little chuckle. Um, he also said uh, Shy Octon versus Cedar Grove, which we're going to talk about next. It could be a good match, and then. Also said Stealth is Crafty, which a fun uh, Stealth story. I don't know if Joel Rager told you this, but uh, at Team State last year, uh, like we said, we don't know what the other coaches are doing. That's the big chess match aspect of it. But uh, Joe uh, moved Mason Will, who was a state place winner. They moved him up to 38. He was at 32 all year. And that's not something you and I think about when we're doing these, right? And, right. Um, <laughs> Chad came up to Joe before the duel and he's like, so uh, you move Will up to 38 or what? <laughs> and <laughs> just, just him thinking about that. Like, that's just, that's crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Just even to ask that question. <laughs> that's something. Oh man. That's uh that's good stuff. Next up we got, Cedar Grove of Belgium for versus Shy Octon. Steve, I'm excited for your tale of the tape on this one. And, uh, we got Cedar Grove is the three seed. Shy Octon is the two seed. Both uh, went in great duels just to get to this point, Steve. And the battle between these two mm-hmm. in the finals. So I have a 30 to a 21 at duel. And uh, they both had a slew of state qualifiers. So if you saw those state matchups, uh, you can fill me in. I do have Shy Octon, and maybe I'm playing off the Coleman duel a little bit, but I have them winning nine out of 14 here and winning 30 to 21. But here's the mm. thing, Steve. I have a lot of three-point matches, and I don't have a lot of bonus points. So if we sure. see something uh, with Cedar Grove, like that Iowa Grand Aquinas duel, where if like, if it's a swing match and Cedar Grove gets a pin, then that's a huge swing in their favor. Also on that same note of Shy Octon happened to get bonus points somewhere in what is a swing match. Bonus points, I think, are just going to be at a premium in this one. That's basically what I'm gathering from the, the score that I put down. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five. I have seven of the 14 are uh, coming down to a decision. And uh, I have Shy Octon getting bonus points uh, from 160 to 182 in some way, shape, or form. Uh, the one thing Shy Octon did, because uh, I don't think I saw that they had, they didn't have an upper weight weight in. I think it was like maybe at 95 or 220 or something. But what they did at Team Sectionals, what does they put uh, Israel Sanchez in? He weighed in at 82. They bumped uh, Neon Dion up to 95. The other Sanchez to 220 and Carlson was heavyweight, which means uh state qualifier, Jordan Plattner versus if it happens, Dion Helzer at one ninety five. That could be a very big swing match. I have a uh, Cedar Grove with the edge in that one. Uh, even looking in the middle, I mean, Mason Hoopman, I have him getting bonus points. I think he, for, yeah, he was the finalist at one forty five. I believe uh, he, I have him getting bonus points on Isaiah Carton, who was a state qualifier. So even those bonus points aren't guaranteed. Steve, I just think the the long and short of it, I think Matt Verbaden said it best in two in one sentence. So it's, both teams are scrappy, and this is just going to be a grind them out duel. Yeah, Teague, I'm looking at the scores that you have, and I don't know how when you score a duel, 
Um, you know, when I when I give it a decision, which is only three points, that's kind of a I'm leaning one way, but it's not. Uh, you know, it's close, right? And to see that many decisions that you have posted, that means that there could be easily it could go the other direction, right? I mean, we're going off records and and maybe a little bit of head-to-head competition. So as I see you score this one, even though you have it as a nine-point match, I think this can be a real fun, uh, a real fun duel. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out here. Matt said, uh, and, and he's right, he, uh, shout out to, he said, two great young coaches. And uh, I know we appreciate those young coaches as we get a little bit longer in the tooth, but Cedar Grove, Trevor, uh, Cedar Groves, Trevor Peterson and Shaq Acton's Dominic uh, Gunderson couple of great young coaches but let's go right in the tail of the tape Teague I know you've been waiting for it Cedar Grove Belgium five state champs this is their third trip to team state and like Waukesha West this is their first trip to team state since 1997 they had eight state qualifiers this past year three medalists a finalist and Hoopman and uh you know so Cedar Grove Belgium like Shaq and it was only losing four seniors this year so Let's not uh, plan on them going anywhere. Shackton, only one state champ in school history. Matt, help me out here. I think that's Jay Surprise, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on that, but uh, another great thing this year for Shackton and many other first-year teams. Well, Shackton's a first-year team state qualifier, so congratulations to them. Eight state qualifiers individually, and they had three medalists. Like I said, both Cedar Grove and Belgium are losing four wrestlers for just kind of looking ahead to next year. But T, you asked about it. There were no head-to-head matches between Cedar Grove and Shyocton. That's I'm sorry, at individual state. For as many qualifiers as each had, that's crazy. But Steve, that brings us to Fenimore. So, uh, I mean, maybe we should have looked at uh, Fenimore and Cedar Grove a little bit, but I have a uh, Fenimore versus Wait, hold, hold on, T. Uh, Brad just came on from the Vision Quest podcast, Brad Crook. Hey, I know you're, and he says, I'm late. Hey, no worries, Brad. You missed it. Teague picked uh, against Kakana in the finals. So just wanted you to know that. <laughs> now we'll see if he really listens to the show. Uh, right. <laughs> Fenimore versus Shyocton uh, in the finals. Steve, do we have another uh, a deja vu of team sectionals where we don't talk about the Cedar Grove uh, Fenimore duel? And that's what happens. But um, <laughs> this is this is the one I broke down a little more. Um, with Fenimore in at Shyocton, Shyocton's a gritty team, right? Um, they have they have plenty of guys that are yep. capable of winning matches. That's what won them at the duel at team sectionals. They they even have the guys that are capable of winning matches that uh, maybe they aren't supposed to win on paper. I do have them potentially winning five matches here, Steve. At uh. Here's the thing. This is the difference between a gritty and uh, a, just a really good team in general is Finnamore also has that grip, but they also have the guys that are going to get bonus points. And you, you gotta be able to get slash save bonus points. If you're going to be a team state champion, I think right now that's uh, one of the differences between Fenimore and shy Octon is not only do I have Fenimore winning nine, they just have a lot of guys that can win matches, but, uh, I also have them getting more bonus points. I don't think I had Shy Octon picking up bonus points anywhere. So I have a 34 to 15 in this initial prediction. And I think a one thing Fenimore could do, I know a Colton Shoe and Dylan Hurt both good at 152 and 160. It'll be interesting to see what coach Chad Stelt does with uh, Max Miles and Tristan Stelt, Stelt's kind of at that level, Steve. So he did weigh in at 52 at team sectionals. 
And he's kind of at that level of wrestler now where you can kind of put him at whatever weight and he can win against both guys against 90% of teams in the state. So having that to play around with in a lineup is pretty nice for a coach stealth and uh, just in the, in their lower weights, that there has to be a big difference maker here, the lower weights, I could see Fenimore winning from a one Oh six through one thirty two, And that would, that's just hard to come back from ultimately in conclusion, Fenimore has a really good wrestling team this year. <laughs> wah, 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 Fenimore wins, right? No, we, we saw that at, uh, at teams. We saw that at team sectionals when uh, uh, they were wrestling Iowa Grant and uh, Iowa Fenimore just got on a roll and it was, you couldn't stop it. I mean, you could just feel that the dual meet was over after about four or five matches and, you know, I, I think depending on where they start, you might feel that here. If it starts let low, like 106 pounds, uh, this one's done. <laughs> but, you know, maybe Shackton will get some momentum, especially if they start at, at 138. An individual matchup I'm really looking forward to, and, and that's kind of what, uh, um, you know, as I, as I look at the matchups. But uh, 195, Cameron Wolf and Neon Dion Helzer is uh, one of those that I can't wait to see. And maybe a great way for Helzer to tap, cap off a great career. Well, Steve, uh, that's what we got for Team State. The the first time in almost a month, and we did a podcast in under an hour. Under an hour. Nice job. Air of high five, Teague. Way to go. <laughs> oh, I guess on that note. <laughs> well, Steve, uh, that's it for the Team State preview. I'm doing commentary uh, the whole time, I guess. Um, I'll be... There for the D1 quarters, doing two mats, and then doing the semis for a mat. Doing D2, D3 in the morning. I think I covered two mats at once there. And then I don't know what we got for the finals, but you're going to be on the call as well, Steve. Yeah, I'll be on there Saturday. So maybe Friday night I'll have to come up and and uh, give you a heck, buy you some dipping Dots. I'll be the third one to do it. Um, for, for your teams that made it to team state, or even if you're just going to watch, if we haven't got gear from your team yet, uh, br- bring your team merch there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and hopefully, I don't know if Holly Farrell's Holly Farrell's listening at all, but we had a great time watching the, uh, semi division one semifinals last night with her, or, uh, I'm sorry, last year with her. So we just, uh, we shooed Randy away and we just were talking to Holly. She's much more entertaining. No, <laughs> so it's going to be a fun weekend. Bring your merch for us. Uh, say hi. Last weekend of wrestling, Steve. Do you uh, do you have anything else for the folks? No, nah, I'm I'm excited. Can't wait for Friday. Can't wait for Friday as well. A team state recap coming next week. But let's enjoy the wrestling this weekend. Last weekend of wrestling in Wisconsin. Let's enjoy it, folks. And until next time, we will catch you on the flip side.